This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay, Curtis, I don't understand this, and maybe you can explain it to me. This story out of Connecticut that's not getting a lot of play, these street takeovers that are happening with huge numbers of drivers showing up at, like, malls and stores and then surrounding the parking lot so people can't get in. And when police try to break this up, these are four towns in Connecticut. They're shooting fire uh, uh, rockets and fireworks at the officers. So what is the deal with that? No arrests. No arrests made. Now, let me... Let me do the deep dive on this because I was talking about it all weekend long. While the rest of our station talks about Trump is God, Biden sucks, Hunter Biden belongs in jail, the laptop, and impeachment, right? Every day around the clock. It's like nonstop. I can repeat every every program, every host, hostess, all the callers. I know them by name. This is huge. This is like the wild ones. Now, I know you got to go a ways back, 1947, The Wild Ones. Right. Which uh, featured Marlon Brando and Lee Marvin, you know, as the Hell's Angels, you know, coming into that town of Hollister in California and took it over for three days. And what is ironic is that your partner in the news, the newsroom. Right. Which partner would that be? James Flippin. Right. His father, Jay Flippin. Okay. Spelled the same way. Played the sheriff that was run out of town by Marlon Brando and Lee Marvin, who were the Hell's Angels in this. Wait, wait a second. The same James Flippin that I work with, his dad was a famous actor? Yes. How well, did I, I wouldn't this? say famous. You know, he was uh, basically a, uh, what can we call him, a customized actor for certain roles. But he tucked his tail between his legs as a sheriff and ran out of town. As the Hells Angels took over Hollister, California, for three days, they had a form of militia. The people had to arm themselves to drive out the Hells Angels. And you know whose book that was featured in? No. Uh, right now, his ashes are circling in one of Elon Musk's satellites around the world. And nearby is the other satellite with the ashes of LSD guru, as you know, Timothy Leary. Right. You still don't know. No, I know who Timothy Leary is. Yeah, you don't know who the writer was who wrote all about the Hells Angels. Um, I did. I read that book, and it's not coming to me. I can see it. Oh, my God. Are you having uh, your, your your Biden moment? I am. I'm, I'm having my Joe Biden moment. Well, you know that's because you had the lobotomy. No, it's also because I'm so blown away by the news about James C. Flippin and yes. how he's related to our own James Flippin. Exactly. I now, didn't know that. Now, so look at these towns that they took over the, on the weekend. They started in Shelton at 5 o'clock. The state police already knew in Hartford. The FBI knew. The local police knew. They put together a task force because they were monitoring the social networking of all these thugs who came in. 500 cars. Did they make any arrests? No. So what? The thugs got out of their cars. They're throwing M80s. They're throwing firecrackers. They're attacking the cops. No arrests. What happened? They moved on to North Haven. Did the same thing there. Then they moved on to Derby. 
did the same thing there. Did moved on to Orange, did the same thing there. Then came back to Shelton for a second time. No arrests. Now, Ned Lamont, the feckless, weak, castrated governor, he's like a capon, a castrated rooster, has not even commented on this. I demand that James Flippin, in honor of his frightened runaway sheriff father in the Wild Ones, when he ran away from Marlon Brando and Lee Marvin, who were the Hell's Angels, that he immediately contact the governor's office and say, what the hell is going on? You got gangs who are taking over cities in the state, and you're not even arresting any of them. Now, should he identify himself as the uh, grandson or the son of the famed the son, the James son. C. Flippin? Absolutely. Okay. Say, I know what cowardice is. My father performed as the coward that he was and still is as the, <laughs> the sheriff in Hollister, California, who ran away from Lee Marvin and from Marlon Brando and the Hells Angels. And you have homework, because I'm not going to give you the answer. Oh, you're giving me homework now? Yes. Okay. The writer who right. made a career out of not only writing about the Hells Angels, those degenerates, those one percenters, those Ku Klux Klan nutniks on Harley Davidson's. But I expect that answer tomorrow. And if not, there will be a hell of a price to pay. And I don't want your excuse. Oh, I just had a lobotomy at Greystone. I did just have one, yeah. I know. I, I can tell. I'm looking at your head. The scar's still there, yeah. My God. Man, what are you going to do? Why don't you wear one of the fedoras there and claim to be Orthodox Wait a Jew? Second. I wore one of your hats, and you got so bent out of shape by that. Damn right! That uh, I had to take it off. Management told me you can't wear uh, one of the Guardian Angel hats. I was trying to cover up the scar so people wouldn't have to see it. The last time you wore a red beret was in commie camp (laughs) in the Beltway. That is true. When your camp counselor was Matt Drudge, believe it or not. People don't believe that's real, but it is. And you were singing International instead of the National Anthem every day. We did not raise the American flag. See that? See it? Oh, wait. LeBron James would have sat down, right? LeBron James, right? And let's not forget, Met fans, what great ball player that you brought over, that you hit in the dugout because he wouldn't stand up for the national anthem? A guy who hit like 463 home runs? Forget all about it, huh? Forget all. Oh, tomorrow I want the answer to that. Trivia question also. A lot of homework I got. Write it down there, please, and write it twice because I realize you're impaired. But when we come back, oh, boy, (laughs) boy, the Democrats are all telling us how we need to leave New York State, leave New York City. And now Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, is telling all the illegal aliens they can come to New York City to check in. And then if you go to another city, we're going to send you to other cities and we're going to pay for you for three years. But you need to pack your bags and get the hell out of here. I don't think they want anybody here. Pretty soon, you'll be able to roll the sagebrush down Fifth Avenue. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. 
This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Don't come around here no more. Don't come around here no more. Whatever you're looking for. This is the anthem that I've adopted. For those of us who are rebels, who are saying to the illegal aliens that have come across our border... Welcome by their Papa Chulo, Joe Biden, and Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, and Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. This has been our theme song, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, just an update, uh, I will be out at Floyd Bennett Field tomorrow, and I will be going throughout Marine Park in Brooklyn and looking at all the places that these illegal aliens are now begging begging outside of Walgreens, begging on the corners, and going door-to-door and begging, and the city ain't doing jackedly squat, and none of the elected officials are doing anything, and the police aren't doing anything. Imagine this. They're knocking on people's doors after we give them three squares. iPhones, smartphones, pay for their transportation, pay for their pampers, pay for everything. And they, they go and they start begging in organized groups, like a band of gypsies. Can I say gypsies? Is that prejudicial, Justin Alec, or can I say Roma people? Whatever. But that's not why I'm playing this song now. Because the Democrats in our state have decided they want to get rid of everybody here. I mean everybody. Remember, this goes back to Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Fajal Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I who's trying all types of revisionism to basically say to all of us, guess what, whatever I said before, forget about it. Because you're all stunned. You won't remember what I said five seconds ago, five minutes ago, five weeks ago, five months ago, five years ago. You're all stunned. But I won't forgive, nor will I forget. When Andrew evilized Cuomo in 2014 told basically Republicans and conservatives to pack up and get the hell out of New York State. Are they these extreme conservatives who are right to life, a poor assault weapon, anti-gay? Is that who they are? Because if that's who they are, and if they are the extreme conservatives, they have no place in the state of New York. Because that's not who New Yorkers are. And boy, they've been leaving ever since. The exodus has been massive. And to compound compound it two years ago, when he was running for mayor of the city of New York, how quickly McWhitey Whitey's forget this, especially the hipsters and millennials who consider themselves so liberal, so progressive, so socialist. Eric Adams... Swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, basically told all the McWhitey Whiteys to get the hell out of New York City. Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is. How quickly you forget, huh? That's the same Eric Adams. And then, of course, 
The icing on the cake was Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb when Lee Zeldin had won a very heated primary against Andrew Giuliani, against Rob Astorino and Wilson. How all of a sudden, right out of the box, she basically said to anybody who was thinking of voting for a Republican or conservative, get the hell out of town. The fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. Now we look at the recent analytics. It's not just the uber-wealthy taking a trillion dollars of their wealth and investments out of New York State, out of New York City. It's now increasingly the middle class. According to the New York Times, right? The New York Times, it's now the middle class that's fleeing. So who's that going to leave behind? The poor and the impoverished. Okay, Americans. But now all the recent arrivals, the illegal aliens, welcomed in by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who was there on the receiving line from day one in August of last year, when he... And everyone from City Hall was so grateful at their arrival as they labeled Governor Abbott in Texas, who was overwhelmed by the illegal aliens, and sent them to the sanctuary city, the sanctuary state of New York. In name only, by the way, there's never been legislation that suggests that, not a piece of paper that says that, in name only. And they were there to double down and say, we're not only a sanctuary city and proud of it, We'll take all you can send us, and we'll give them things even citizens don't get, including veterans who may have served us in peacetime or wartime. You remember that. And then all of a sudden, Eric Adams, when he was saying no mas, no mas, he said, look, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, you got to take your fair share upstate. We want to send them to Erie County, Onondaga County, Albany County. We want to send them all over the state of New York. You got to do your fair share. And remember, all of a sudden, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who was so quick to tell everyone else who disagrees with her to jettison the hell out of here, go down to Florida. And by the way, the buses on their way back would be filled with illegal aliens to take their place. All of a sudden, she said, no, you can't be sending illegal aliens throughout the rest of the state. Let's be very clear. You cannot involuntarily take people from the city and send them all over the state of New York. Putting someone in a hotel on a dark, lonely road in upstate New York and telling them they're supposed to survive is not compassion. Not compassion. So they're all stuck in New York City, right? And now yesterday, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, decided to announce that it should be America taking their fair share. Every town, every village, every borough from Topeka to Wichita to Provo, Utah, down to Death Valley in California between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, you all got to do your fair share. If you had it your way, what's, what's the solution? Real decompression strategy at the border. What does that look like? And what does it mean? We have 108,000 towns, villages, cities across America. Someone comes in legally vetted. We tell them, here's where you are going to go for a three-year period to stabilize yourselves 
We're going to give that municipality the support that they need to stabilize this family using methods that we're using here. This way, instead of having 140,000 coming here or thousands coming to Chicago, we're spreading it out throughout the entire country, which, mind you, many people are dealing with population issues, employment issues, and they want migrants and asylum seekers that can work. Because we are a city and a country of immigrants. Hold on, Chad. Hold on. Hold on. I heard something there. I'm not quite sure, Judge Sinelli. Did he say we would pay for them for three years? Please. Wrong way, Lou Rufino. Just play a truncated version of that again, please. If you had it your way, what's what's the solution? Real decompression strategy at the border. What does that look like? And what does it mean? We have 108,000 towns, villages, cities across America. Someone comes in legally vetted. We tell them, here's where you are going to go for a three-year period to stabilize yourselves. We're going to give that municipality the support that they need to stabilize this family. For three years. So we're going to pay for them to pound the hound out of town, to go to a different community somewhere in America, And then we're going to pay for their maintenance for three freaking years. This guy is insane. He is out of his mind. There's no money to do this. And the reporter who was questioning him never followed up, never said, what are you talking about? You're going to give him a ticket out of town. By the way, what happens if they don't want to leave? What are you going to do, force them on the bus? Of course you're not. And if they do leave, and let's say they end up in Topeka or Wichita, we're going to pay Topeka or Wichita for three years of their maintenance. With what? Who's going to pay for this? This guy is freaking out of his mind. And you, some of you out there, elected him because you said, oh, he's the new face of the Democratic Party. Yeah, he's a due faccia. Talking about this is the Riffin Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Going round in circles, Billy Preston, who used to be the opening act for the Rolling Stones for many years. But this is the perfect theme song for Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan, Mayor of the Illegal Aliens. Whenever he's introduced, he plays Jay-Z. Now, he should play this. He sat down with Marsha Kramer, the dean of the uh, Room 9 City Hall reporting crew at Channel 2. He could not answer... The question about the illegal scooters. He couldn't even deal with that. First, Marsha Kramer's question of him. Scooters and um, mostly scooters. And it's led to a sort of a rash of crime around the broadcast center. But the question is, why are these scooters allowed to be there? There are no license plates. And we don't even know whether these people have a license to drive them. Is there a way to crack down on it? Should there be a way to crack down on it? 
So that's 57th Street, the broadcast center of CBS. I know it well. My oldest sister, Alita, lives right there. And there's all kinds of crime there because if you go outside the Watson Hotel, which is the old Holiday Inn there, on your way to CBS, it's like a uh, hundred scooters outside, a hundred scooters, no licenses, no, no license plates, nothing. So that's what she's referring to, although she didn't say it. Then Adam's feeble response. We're going to start to see the visual fallout of this crisis. What do you mean, the visual fallout from the crisis? We already see the illegal scooters and Vespas and e-bikes all over town, right outside of the Roosevelt Hotel near Grand Central. Although uh, Sid Rosenberg's very dear friend, Mr. Magoo, RDI Dollar, who loves to kiss butt, uh, at City Hall. He claimed his office is right there. It is. And he's never seen the scooters. Okay. I, I You know, my, my migrant experience is at, at Roosevelt, the, Ro- the Roosevelt Hotel, which is right on the block of my law firm on 45th Street. Yeah. So there are not, they're not a lot of scooters floating around there. <laughs> so we're 100 there every day. No license plate. No registration. Staring you in the face, Mr. Magoo Idala. By the way, when Chris Mullins' sister-in-law heard that, she works right there. She went ballistic. She basically melted down Sid Rosenberg's phone. But that's Artie Idala. He's an apologist for everything wrong in this city. And then he was Adams again challenged by Marsha Kramer. We've removed uh, almost 13,000 illegal scooters off our streets. 13,000? Yes, illegal. But you walk up the street from the broadcast and there's hundreds that are still there. Exactly. Every and- place, every, every single shelter. So he admits it. Exactly. Right there, the Watson Hotel. They're outside the New York Row Hotel, which is the old Milford Plaza. A hundred. The Statford Arms, A hundred. The Roosevelt Hotel, 100, all throughout the outer boroughs. Of course they're there. And what's his answer? We've removed uh, almost 13,000 illegal scooters off our streets. 13. This national problem has created a black market of employment. Remember, the migrants and asylum seekers weren't able to work, they can't work legally, and so it has created this underground market that is really dangerous uh, to the infrastructure of our city. Dangerous to the infrastructure of our city. He's blaming this on Joe Biden, not himself. Remember, instead of saying, I'm at fault, I welcome them in, I'm allowing them to illegally use the motorbikes, Vespers, the electric vehicles that everyone else, if they're not properly licensed, if they don't have a registration, if they're stolen, they get absconded by the NYPD. But because they're untouchables, the illegal aliens are untouchables. But Marsha Kramer will not let him go on this issue. Now, each time we go in to remove those that are unlicensed, some of them are stolen. Some of them are being used for crimes. Some of them are being used for crimes. Some of them are stolen. Some of them are unlicensed. You won't let the NYP do anything about it. Not you or the missing in action new police commissioner, Eddie Caban. No cojones Caban, who spends all of his time partying or traveling. He never seems to be doing police work as the new police commissioner. What a disappointment he's been. 
You won't let them do their job. And then Marsha Kramer asked the mayor how illegals without licenses are allowed to ride illegal scooters around New York City. It's the number one question I always get asked. But they don't even have a license to drive them. How is that allowed? How are they allowed, around, allowed to be on the street? And why aren't the police stopping them to see if they have a license? So what does he do? He blames the national government. How about saying Joe Biden? He blames the national government. But, Marsha, that's just a byproduct of the crisis that the national government has created in the city of New York. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say to the, to the people of the New York. People look at the mayor and they say, Mayor, how's you letting this happen? Yeah, how you letting this happen? You're the mayor. You have the power to order the police department to seize all these illegal two-wheeled vehicles that have no registration, that have no licenses, that have no insurance, you can order them to do a sweep overnight while they're sleeping in all these hotels at $400 a night while they're refusing to eat the food that we're providing uh, them because they say it's not culturally appropriate, so it gets thrown out. And then they order on Grubhub, and when it's delivered, we pay for it. Not Eric Adams. We, the sucker New York City taxpayers. This goes on and on and on. You, Eric Adams, you were responsible. And so then she does a little pivot and shift, and she talks about, hey, you know, you're not getting anything from Washington. You said you were the Biden of Brooklyn. You go with your tin cup in your hand. You get nothing, nothing. Schumer gives you Ugats. Gillibrand gives you Bupkis. Jeffries, all he does is compare Biggie Smalls rap rhymes with you. They've given you not even belly button lint. But, oh, Eric Adams can see the silver lining in the cloud that has covered us up and will destroy us. We're now building a coalition. Now you see the Chicago mayor. (laughs) Even he couldn't get that out of his throat. The new socialist mayor who's overrun with illegals. He, he doesn't know what to do. Could I hear that again, please? Wrong way, Lou Rufino. The mayor not- couldn't even believe that he was saying that crap. Building a coalition. Now you see the Chicago mayor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ufa. Even he couldn't... This goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. But remember the last time he was on a national stage in Washington, D.C., at the Black Mayor's Conference, he stood side by side with the previous failed Chicago mayor. I call her Beetlejuice. What was she, lightweight, lightfoot, one of those names. And they were talking about if you want to solve juvenile crime, you got to do it with hugs, not by locking them up. By hugging the thugs, the new policy of Eric Adams, and then Beetlejuice, the failed mayor of Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot, Lightweight, whatever her name was, was, don't lock up the juvenile delinquents. No, no. Uh, Hugs for thugs. And the mayor and I are clear. We are not going to remain silent. We're not going to pretend as though there is some conscious failures that are taking place. We've got to do more to make sure that we intervene in a proactive way to provide support and love 
to these young people at the earliest possible stage in life. That's their answer. Hugs for thugs. How ridiculous. So the Chicago voters rejected Beetlejuice. And they'll tell you straight up now that they're in an uproar against their mayor, the socialist African-American mayor. They voted for him. The black community on the south side of Chicago, the west side of Chicago, that I know very well, I have guardian angels in Chicago, have gone to town hall meetings when he's trying to shove illegal aliens into their neighborhoods. And they tell him straight up at these town hall meetings, which are mandated by charter law. They have to do it. They should have to do it here. Eric Adams has such a thin skin. He would never survive any cross-examination, any inquisition, any interrogation. And what they say to this new black socialist mayor is, you have forsaken us. We elected you because you were the black candidate against the white candidate in the runoff. It was solely a vote based on color, and you've stabbed us in the back. As Eric Adams has stabbed his own African-Americans, who were the reason he got elected mayor, because he was going to prioritize their needs. Remember, he was going to take care of the homeless and the destitute and the emotionally disturbed and those who had drug problems and alcohol problems. And he acknowledged the majority of uh, local uh, citizens who were in that state, some of them veterans who had served this country in peacetime and in wartime, were African-American. And then he had to say, to the back of the bus. We're taking care of the illegals first because that's my pathway to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. All these Latinos, 40% of the Venezuela, will be so grateful when they can vote. They'll tell their children and grandchildren, see Papa Chula up there, who will be dead by then, Biden. He's the reason that we're here. But that guy there, that black guy, that's the reason that we can vote. So vote Democrat, vote Eric Adams, vote for whatever he runs for in the United States. That's what he was banking out, and he sold us out for the dream of becoming president, which every mayor does, whether it's Rudy or Bloomberg or before that, Lindsey, de Blasio, who has destroyed this city, and now de Blasio 2.0, Eric Adams. And then finally he admitted the Democrats underestimated the migrant impact. No, you Eric Adams underestimated it, and now we're screwed because of you. Check this out. It's the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I'll say, can you say? Please stop. Stop, wrong way, Lou Rufino. Stop. 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 That was Roseanne Barr, 1990, San Diego Padres home game. Oh, God. God. I don't know who's worse. Roseanne Barr singing the national anthem or Yoko Ono performing. Uh, enough, enough, enough. Oh, enough, enough. Enough, enough. What, what is that, natural childbirth? Anyway, enough. But it was interesting. Roseanne Barr, I noticed that 
the guy who used to occupy the Rip and Reed, this this schmuck, this putz, Charlie Kirk, they had a podcast on of him from 12 to 1. As soon as I lost the election, I came back to John. I had a meeting with all the big mockers here. I said, you got to take that guy off. He's not a talk show host. He, he plays his podcast. And by the way, he says things that if I were a Jew, I'd be somewhat suspicious of him. Because I've always said in every Gentile, there is the DNA of an anti-Semite. In every Gentile. I don't care if you're left wing or right wing. So all day long, I'm listening to WABC. And I'm hearing, oh, the left, they're all anti-Semites because they hear the song that's out in the streets with all the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian supporters of the destruction of the state of Israel and all Jews, right? Yeah, and, and some of them are anti-Semites. Some of them are just stupid kids. They don't even know what they're saying. But a lot of them are anti-Semites, and we know who they are. The squad, right? I don't want to have to go through all nine of them, including Bowman, who is the only male who, by the way, had to be castrated as a rooster and become a capon to join them. Okay, we know that. But I'm looking at the lineup yesterday for Charlie Kirk's uh, America Fest turning point in Phoenix. And then Charlie Kirk, the main presenter, followed by Roseanne Barr, Justin Ellick. Roseanne Barr, a Holocaust denier. And nobody died in the Holocaust either. No. That's the truth. Yeah. It should happen. It, six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world, but it never <laughs> happened. But it never happened. I want everyone to listen to that. This was the second featured presenter yesterday in Phoenix. She didn't say this in the, on the stage because she was half in the bag falling down, talking about a communist, socialist, neo-Nazi plot. This was in a podcast that was done earlier in the summer that everyone was privy to. Everyone was, this is Roseanne Barr, sober, maybe insane as she is, but sober. Listen what she says about the Jews. I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone. And Jewish no, no, people no, no. are please, not going to tell Please, go back to Roseanne Barr in the podcast. And nobody died in the Holocaust either. No. That's the truth. Yeah. It should happen. It, six million Jews should die right now because they oh, you're gonna, you're gonna say the same true, right, Sid? What are you going to do? Defend Roseanne happened. Barr? It's 100% not true. This what are you is, talking about? She was repeating something somebody else had said and was actually making a mockery of what that person yeah, said yeah, yeah, right. and defended the Jews. Yeah. You're doing what we complain about all the time, which yeah, well, okay. is play 60 right. seconds of the clip and leave off the last 15 right. seconds. Said Mr. King David, yes. what about Kanye West, who did two Kanye interviews? Kanye West is a filthy, low-life anti-Semite, but he not was, Roseanne Barr. Wasn't he on with Tucker Carlson, two segments? When he said Hitler was a great man, Tucker turned to him when he was on Fox News and said, you really want me to play that? He said, yes. And Tucker cut it and put it on the cutting room floor. I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone. And Jewish people are not going to tell me, you can love, you know, us. And you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts. And you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. Oh. And then who was one of the other speakers here at this great con 
convocation of all these folks, some of them were anti-Semites, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who said that the forest fires in California were the creation of the Rothschilds in a Jewish conspiracy, lasers that were thrust down into the California forest. Let me tell you something. There are anti-Semites on both sides. Both sides need to acknowledge it. Both sides need to deal with it. You're going to defend these anti-Semites. You're going to cover them up because they're in your tribe. Shame on all of you. It's in our DNA. I've said this continuously. I've been chastised for that. I'm a Gentile. I know what my history is on my Polish side. I was schooled by my father on this. Everything is in our DNA. That's why it repeats itself every few decades, every few centuries, and we're all amazed. How could this be happening now? Because it's in our DNA. And when we have the anti-Semites amongst us, we don't renounce them. So to all my fellow Republicans who say to me, don't denounce Republicans. Stop attacking the GOP. No. I attack people regardless of who they are based on the fact whether they're right or they're wrong. So you better be listening tomorrow at 7.05 because when I come on with Sid Rosenberg, we're going to have the ultimate battle, King David in one corner and the righteous Gentile in the other corner, and we're going to root out the anti-Semitism that goes back to when Sid Rosenberg was on Ocean Parkway, a booker boy, going to yeshiva to shoe because he understood his parents said, get him out of poly prep. He's surrounded by all those anti-Semites. And a pedophile football coach, I might add. And then we're going to discuss that moment when the Gentiles surrounded him and said, give me your yarmulke or you ain't going no further, you Jew. And I want to know from Sid Rosenberg himself tomorrow at 7.05 that all of a sudden you smell something that was out of the sewage pits of Knapp Street in Sheepset Bay? Or did he flex and say, I'm one tough Jew. Let's get it on. Every Jew a 22. You better be listening tomorrow because we're going to renew this battle.